Greetings, friends. This is Why Whiskey, a history podcast with a whiskey problem. Or is it a whiskey podcast with a history problem? We'll let you decide. Head on up to the bar, grab a stool and a drink, and let's talk. Friends, today we're going to hop back a couple of centuries and take a peek at an event in American history that is widely regarded as an incredible injustice, fueled by fear and something that would ultimately cost 24 people their lives. This event, being centered in a small town of Salem, Massachusetts in 1692, is known as the Salem Witch Trials. Now, my guests for today's show are two best friends whose relationship began kind of like the setup to a funny joke where a boat captain and a fitness expert walk into a bar and come out as best friends and TV stars. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the host of the Boobin and... Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I started early. The Booze and Bourbon podcast, regulars on the paranormal investigation show Haunted, Jen Taylor, Kimmy Moser. Ladies, welcome to the Bar of Questionable Life Choices and to Why Whiskey. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here with you. Very excited. Oh, it's it's great. So the last time uh, we had these lovely ladies on the show, we were uh, we were playing uh, uh, a game where we had to answer silly questions, and uh, and it got wildly out of hand and, and wonderful. But uh, but now we're gonna we're gonna kind of make it a little bit more a little bit more serious. So recently, I had the opportunity to go visit Salem, Massachusetts. We moved. Uh, from New York to uh, just outside of Boston, so it's really like 10 minutes away. So we go and we spend the day, and walking around, going to all the places, looking at all this stuff, and, I'm, and there's just this kind of weird feeling, and I'm like, man, I want to talk about it. I'm not sure what I want to talk about, but I do know that I need to bring in some some experts. So so I, I reach out to the, the two bestest uh, ghost experts I know, and uh, and here you are. So again, huge thanks. I appreciate y'all coming. I don't know if we're experts, but we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting better. We do have some experiences yeah. under our belt now. So we feel like we're a little bit better than your uh, average person yes. with uh, quote unquote ghost gear. So we're, get we're getting there. Yeah. Seasoned. Uh, right on. So I have to tell you, I'm out running the other morning uh, and I'm, I'm running really early and I'm listening to your guys's, um, uh, your graveyard episode. Yeah. And the segment where you guys watch that TikTok video or something and you're talking yeah. about that, right? So yeah. it wasn't the sounds from the video clip that y'all were playing. Jen, you mimicked the sound that made every single hair stand up. Like I was running through the woods at the time. I am not like that kind of person. I, that freaked me the fuck out. I was so fun. I was like, oh shit, like that noise. I'm really good with my scary noises. She is. Yeah. Yes. Oh. 
She is. I know. Sometimes I've practiced those for a while. <laughs> I I shouldn't say sometimes she throws me for a loop. She throws me for a loop all the time. <laughs> Keeping everybody on their toes. <laughs> yeah, I ran faster. I, I got out. Like, I, I need streetlights. Where are the streetlights? Jesus Christ. I really hope that there wasn't a cemetery close by when you yeah. were running. Uh, I don't. I don't believe there is one around us. Uh, I hope not. Yeah, but, uh, but I'm, I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure. So it'd be really creepy if you're just jogging by a cemetery and all of a sudden you hear the sound of somebody else jogging beside you, and then Oof. you look over and you don't see anybody, but you can hear them running beside you. Ooh, that could be that could be a good one. Okay, so that's not cool. Like, cause I'm like a I'm a power. <laughs> just listen next time to see if you hear a little faint. <laughs> no, I'm gonna turn my music up and run faster. <laughs> It'll help with the calorie burn. There Your heart rate will be up. It'll be good. All right. Uh, I will maybe listen or turn my music up and because you just you made me scared sitting in my house. Good Lord. All right. Uh, so we drink on the show. And tonight we figured because we're going to be dealing with some some dark spiritual stuff, we would uh, turn to our uh, the heavens and bring down some some good luck and drink a little bit of uh, Angel's Envy. Yeah. So Angel's Envy comes out of the Louisville Distilling Company, which is a subsidiary of Bacardi Limited. Uh, legal speak, I guess. Angels Heavy started as a project for the Henderson family. Master distiller and bourbon hall of famer Lincoln Henderson came out of retirement to work with his son, Wes. Lincoln's prior endeavors include uh, stints at Brown Foreman, where he worked on Woodford Reserve and Gentleman Jack. He, uh, Wes brought the company to life with his dad at the, at the still, and they were one of the earliest companies to utilize the finishing process. And they're not a, they don't make it a, a trend. It's an actual, like, it's, it is their process. They're, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. So they finish their, their whiskey in rum barrels, port barrels. Um, uh, the actual bourbon is done in port barrels, but the rye is done in Caribbean rum casks. Awesome. Caribbean. Yeah. Ooh. Right on. So, uh, so we're going to start off with the bourbon, the regular bourbon finished in port Ooh. wine. Uh, comes Let's. in at 86.6 proof. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. We're, we're going to do a little cork pop here for you. Jen, I'll give you the Go honors. Oh, that was that really was good. good one. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Jen. Now, if I could just mimic that sound in my sleep, I'd be good. I'd there just be go. dreaming about popping corks all day. A couple of uh, YouTubers I follow uh, have started using the the cork squeak, like when they cuss on their Ooh. YouTube videos. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So, cheers, friends. Cheers. Cheers to you. So, I got to tell you, this was my gateway bourbon. The gateway. Yes. Say more. So, I was at the bourbon house in New Orleans. My husband was obsessed with bourbon. He's been obsessed with bourbon for quite some time basically since he was 19 years old and i was like don't really know much about it like wine so i went to the bourbon house and i was like i really 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 want to try bourbon and so the waiter came over and he was like what are you into and i'm like i really like red wine and he's like well i have this bourbon that's finished in port wine barrels maybe you'd be into that and i'm like yeah what's it called he's like angel's envy i was like can i see the bottle he brought it over, saw the angel wings on the back. I'm like, yep, sold. So I tried it and I like looked at my husband across the table and I'm like, wow, I get it. I get it. This is delicious. So I always call it my gateway bourbon. And then you brought me in. I think that was like one of my first ones that I loved, just loved. 
Yeah. And I have a tattoo that means angel. So, I mean, that has to mean something, right? Well, just, I'm, yeah, it's kind of like, mentioned. now it's like you're like the, the bourbon that sponsors your life, right? Because there's the right. connection there. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I'm going to tell my dad that because he didn't really agree when I was 16 and I got it. But like, that's, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I can understand that part. <laughs> I can understand it. Yeah. So uh, the first time I had this, my wife brings it home and she's like, hey, and it was pretty. It was a pretty bottle, you know? So yeah. it's like, oh, it's so pretty. Oh, that's great. That's great. Can you hand me some Coke? Because I wasn't in the like, like the sipping phase of my bourbon adventure yet. Uh, I was in the mixing everything uh, down and all that. So my very first time with Angel's Envy was it shared a, a cup with a bottle of Coke, which was terrible. But uh, but now it's, this is awesome. I love finished whiskeys. Uh, I do, too. It adds just, I do too. just something different to them that, that kind of that little uh, with the wine, the ones that are finished in wine, I find they have that, that kind of that dry feel. They mm-hmm. do. They do. And there's like a very slight hint of like raisiny grapey mm-hmm. kind of flavors going on in there. Yeah. I think it works well because automatically wine already has that oaky kind of flavor to it. So it just pairs really nicely. And from a fitness standpoint, I mean, we're saving calories here, let's be honest, because you're not mixing it. So that's what you're right. supposed to do. Just drink it by itself. There Save calories. There we go. We'll conserve them for later. <laughs> or something. Uh, all right. Or something. So so tonight we're going to be talking about the Salem Witch Trials. I uh, already mentioned that I got a chance to go kind of walk around the area. Uh, a brief synopsis, because we I don't want to get into the the real thick of the story. Uh, it, it, the story's out there; everybody can find it real quick. I'll I'll have a link in the show notes that uh, that kind of gives a, a a little bit more broad overview. But in January of 1692, a nine year old uh, Elizabeth Petty Par- or Betty Paris, an eleven year old Abigail Williams, the daughter and niece of Samuel Paris, who was a minister in Salem Village, village began having fits, uh, violent contortions, and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming. Local doctor comes in by the name of William Griggs, uh, diagnoses it as bewitchment. Uh, other young girls in the community began to exhibit similar things, including uh, a lady by the name of Ann Putnam Jr., Mercy Lewis, Elizabeth Husband, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren. Late February, arrest warrants started rolling in. They were issued for the Paris Caribbean slave by the name of Titaba, who she has an interesting story all in of her own. Uh, very isn't um not to cut you off there but isn't she the one that created like the the dog pee cake to see if you were bewitched yes and we're, <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk about that uh dog that's, pee. yeah yeah uh one of the ways to tell if they were a witch was to make the witch cakes um and uh yeah yeah so we'll we'll, we'll get to that that's that's definitely a thing uh so Kay. two other women um and then there's a homeless beggar that gets picked up by the name of sarah good uh and then sarah osborne uh, who the girls were basically the girls uh, was the one that they accused them of bewitching, and then and then the wheels fall off. So so there's this synopsis. So walking through the town, it had I, I grew up in the church. You know, Dad's been a pastor since I was five, and and I could liken it only to that kind of spiritual feeling when when the Sunday the service on Sunday was like hitting right you know what i mean for lack of a better term uh it kind of felt that same way but but not on the church side of things you know um there were people there was a lot of energy a lot of excitement to be there but it was definitely uh, a different energy and something i couldn't really put my finger on so i've got some questions for you and maybe you guys can help me uh enlighten me and, and get me a little educated here so locations that harbor the acts of evil and terror hold on to bad energy why why is that 
I think that personally, mm-hmm. I think that is because energy never really disappears. Energy right. is always there no matter what. So if there was something that was a negative experience, then there's not only just the act involved, but there's also people's emotions involved. Mm-hmm. And then other people go to that site and they feel those emotions as well. And they leave behind that like almost invisible thread. So in witchcraft, I know neither one, Jen or I practice that by the way. Um, no. But they will do like a, a thread cutting ceremony, um, especially around a full moon. And essentially they tie something with a thread and um, put some words on paper kind of thing, wrap the thread around the paper and essentially burn the cord so that that energy is just no longer attached and it's just released. So that's why I think that there is (laughs) residual energy, we'll say. Yeah. And I would agree because it's, and it's definitely one of those things that's even still talked about today, like with people who aren't really even into paranormal or anything like that with just energy itself, like always pushing like whatever energy you put out, it stays there, bring, it draws that same energy to you. I just feel like it all kind of comes around to the same thing. So kind of like karma. Yeah. Yeah. So bad energy will stay and kind of sit there and manifest another bad energy or even someone who has good energy could still like kind of penetrate a little bit because it's just, it could be that strong depending on where it came from, how badly that person felt, I guess, maybe. Mm, Yeah. Have y'all ever experienced that? Like in your investigations, have you like gone in, like you had a bad Mm -hmm. day leading up to it, you were super grumpy and then you start going into the investigation and that, you know, the, the grumpy is what like, Kind amplifies. Of, kind of amplifies. You know what I mean? Like, is, has that been a thing? Um, not I don't know about like that way, but it was more of like a. I've definitely now felt the difference of like when we've been in a place and you felt like super negative, dark energy, and then going in another place and feeling something that was still energy but not um, negative. Like it was maybe somebody that didn't have any issues. They were just like kind of stuck there. So it was just more of like I'm here and I'm around you, but. I don't, I'm like, I'm not angry. Yeah. The first, the first time that we ever went to a location that we felt was like evil or had a bad energy or demonic energy to it, it like, it was so apparent Mm -hmm. in comparison to say a hunting of a little girl ghost in a house. Like you get a more loving, um, playful energy and vibe versus something that just like always feeling like it's looming or wants mm-hmm. to get you into trouble or wants to hurt you or wants to make you feel really gross. <laughs> and we use that word a lot, actually, which we realized once we started filming was we constantly said, like, I feel gross. I just feel gross. Like, that was yeah. the only way we could describe it. Like, it's just gross. That's what it feels like. Like a stomach sick gross or like you feel dirty or? Yeah, like icky, like just like gross all over, like just... Yeah, like you kind of have a little touch of the stomach flu and at the same time maybe drank for 12 hours on a super bad hangover, like just a gross feeling all over. And you also know that feeling of like um, if you were to take, say, a comforter on a bed and get it all wet and Mm. it was cold and wet Mm -hmm. and then just put that over top of you and it's dark and it's heavy and it's just a gross feeling, that's how I would describe it. That was a good one. That 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 hit the nail on the head for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was that that's was gross. It. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> Big soggy wet duvet. That's there we go. All right. 
So if you want to feel what you know, really gross energy, go get your comfort wet and toss it. No, I'm just kidding. That is, uh, but that great descriptor. That's incredible. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So when we look at what caused the the witch scare in in the 1690s, a lot of different things at play. The biggest, I think, being fear. So a lot of weird stuff happening at the same time. You've got some unrest with the Indians. You've got some some. I mean, people are brand new. Uh, to this new place so there's a lot of uh, they're not real settled the Puritans are uh, overtly religious so there's a lot of uh, religious fear just instilled normally a lot of people are dying just because of illness and and you know adaptation to that that new area so I I think fear is driving it Um, however in in kind of digging around uh, when I say uh, I think I'm saying it right ergo ergo you guys know what that is? Have you heard no. that yet? So, no. so it grows on wheat. Uh, it is this uh, yeah. this fungus, mm-hmm. right? And that ha- that comes like on very wet summers, and it some of the side effects of ergo poisoning are literally the exact same things that are are briefed there in that little synopsis. You know, the a lot of that same stuff. So there's a lot of speculation that it was actually some sort of psychotropic episode due to bad bread. Uh, that these girls were experiencing. Uh, now, some folks have kind of shut that down on the American side of the house, but when you look at witch hunts in Europe, which were significantly worse, um, that actually kind of played a little bit more more of a, of a real part in that, uh, specifically in the realms of like, uh, I think it was like Sweden and Finland areas. It got really, really bad that year, right around that same time. Okay. So have you guys have you guys heard about that? Have you looked? Uh, no. Yeah. I was really only familiar with what happened yeah. in and around the New England states areas. Yeah. So symptoms, it says uh, delusions, vomiting, muscle spasms, which would be the twitching. And, you know, if you're, you know, having those those really bad muscle spasms, the the screaming and the crying. So it kind of makes kind of makes sense. Um, some other things that kind of pushed that along, we kind of touched on the religious part of it. So here comes this father and son duel of Increase and Cotton Mather, and they're bad dudes. Um, now, Cotton, the son, kind of pushes away from his dad, who starts relying heavily on spectral evidence. You guys, you guys familiar with that? No. What is spectral evidence? So legit, it is uh, evidence that somebody has uh, visited them in their dreams. So I could go and say, oh. Kim came to me in a dream last night and scared the shit out of me. She's a witch. And they're like, okay. Noted. Got it. Yes, we agree. So, so the, <laughs> you see spectral evidence. That spectral is like the evidence. Sh- yeah. That's the crappiest evidence I've ever heard yeah, in my so life. Does, does more than one person have to have this evidence though? Or is this just one person comes forward or they all have to agree? Like, yeah, I had it too, actually. And now I think of it. Yeah. Kim was in my dream too. Like, <laughs> So as we go through, we're going to see a little bit more of this. And spectral evidence was one thing, and the hearsay was another. Like, legit. Uh, It was just, you could, and I've got a a thing pulled up that shows they somebody got mad at their wife and said, yeah, she's a witch. (laughs) They came and they arrested her, convicted her, and off she goes. Like, it's, it it was that, it was that bad. Um, Wow. But before we get into all that, that's kind of coming. I want to talk, we kind of hit it on the, uh, the witch cakes, right? So how did they determine that these, these people were witches or that witchcraft was involved. So I, I picked out seven. It was a bunch. And they're okay. kind of kinda funny. So incantations, known as charging, where they would uh, uh, a witch would come up and tell, you know, this 
the person that's writhing on the bed, you know, stop writhing. And if that person stopped writhing, they were a witch. Wow. So the scratching and pricking, there's another thing. So prickers, I think that's actually where the term came from. Uh, it, this was a big thing in Europe. So they would poke the skin of the alleged witches, and if they didn't bleed, they were a witch. So what these guys started doing to make money is dulling their needles. That's awful. Yeah. Oh, man. So so here's here's all these these poor ladies who are getting hit with dull needles and not bleeding. And now, OK, cool. Off to the gallows you go. You're a witch. You're evil. Oh so my God. number four uh, birthmarks. Were, sorry, that was number three were the birthmarks, skin deformities, whatever. They could just kind of grab and pick and choose whatever. But then, oh, I have I have something about this birthmark thing. So yeah. um, <laughs> apparently on TikTok. There's a video, and it says that you are a witch or come from a witch's bloodline if you take your left arm and you look approximately an inch and a half from the crook of your elbow. And if you have a little mole there, you come from a witch's Jenna's, and I have it. Well, shit. We're all witches. God damn I'm it. Like, I'm, a, I'm a witch. What the fuck? Right? Like, does See? It, doesn't everybody have that? <laughs> anyway, there you go. Birthmarks. Which is birthmarks. We're all going down. Well, thank God we don't live in 1692. Even that dog pee cake. Yep. So, <laughs> witch cakes. Here we go. And so I want, I want to read this because this, this was just too much for me. So, a bizarre form of counter magic. The witch cake was a super... Uh, yeah, a supernatural dessert used, they called it a dessert, used to identify suspected evildoers. In cases of mysterious illness or possession, witch hunters would take a sample of the victim's urine, mix it with rye meal and ashes, and bake it into a cake. The stomach-churning concoction was then fed to a dog. The oh, that's what it was. Right? Okay, yes. So the familiars are animal helpers of witches, right? So they associated the dogs with, you know, the witches uh, in hopes that the beast would fall under its spell. The uh, beast. Yes, the dog. <laughs> like the beagle comes out like, look at that beast. <laughs> and and this is where, where Tidiba comes in because, you know, now she uh, she helps make these cakes and feed them to these dogs and uh, and how it works. And, you know, and now all of a sudden it's, you know, the dog has the reaction and off they go. So, which is crazy. If we talk about uh, Tidiba for just a second, if anybody was a witch in 1692, it was the Caribbean witch doctor slave that was there. She didn't get sent to the gallows. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, she she obviously practiced in voodoo if she knew some type of concoction like this. Mm -hmm. Yep. But she probably didn't get sent to the gallows because she was helping so many people out. And she was probably in fear of her own life. So she right. was like, I'm going to continue to help people as long as I can, as long as yeah. I don't have to go to the gallows. Yeah, that was that was one of the fascinating things where I kind of sat there and scratched my head, you know, watching, uh, you know, this this young guy or this young lady, you know, get sentenced to death because these other two people said that they were witches. But here's the actual person who knows in-depth knowledge of this, that and the other. And, and she's she's good to go. I mean, she goes she spent some time in jail, but that was uh, she was you know free and clear at the end of this thing, which was crazy. So wow. the, so the next two, the touch test uh, and then prayer, uh, the touch test. uh you know, during one of their fits, if, you know, the suspected witch went up and touched them and they stopped having the fit, they were obviously a witch. Uh, prayer. Witches were thought to not be able to recite the Lord's Prayer. Specifically, the phrase, forgive us our trespasses. Now, hmm. this, 
Uh, they couldn't say it correctly or without stumbling or stuttering. Okay. This is completely disproved on the gallows by George Burroughs, who's a pastor who gets, you know, accused of witchcraft. And as he's getting ready to get dropped and hung, he recites perfectly the Lord's Prayer. And uh, Increase Mather, who's there, hears this and says, nope, that's not a thing. The devil let him do it. Hang him. And, and off he goes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was the, – and wow. the inconsistency was crazy. And then the last one, which – are y'all familiar with Monty Python? Not really. No. Okay. So there's, no. a, there's a scene in, this, in uh, this, the, the Search for the Holy Grail where this suspected witch is brought to the night of the local area, and they go through this absolutely hilarious – I'll put a link in the show notes uh, to the YouTube clip – they go through this this absolutely hilarious interchange where it's determined that you know swimming gets talked about and then you know well if she weighs the same as a duck she's made out of wood and therefore she's a witch like <laughs> how they get there is pretty funny i know i'm doing a, a terrible injustice but uh but the swimming test right so if if they could float uh water was rejecting them the water would not allow them to to be a part of it because the water was, you know, holy and it wasn't allowing the evil to be in there. So it was trying to push them out of the water. So if they, what? It, yeah, if they if they were if they could float, they were a witch. Basically, if you're ass heavy and you you know you sink down and drown yourself, then you're good. So were they attached to anything? Like were they like strapped down to a chair or like how did this work? How did they quote unquote float? So they would be uh, stripped down to their, their skivvies and then their hands would be bound and they would just get chucked into the water. So they would have a rope tied to their waist. So if they did sink, proving that they weren't a witch, they could get pulled out. But if they, if by some chance, and you know, you panic, right? Because you're, you're bound, you're going to come yeah. up to the surface. So it kind of looks right. like you're floating. Anyway, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of bullshit Ooh. with that one. A wow. Lot, so. And there's actually That's... a case where they were doing this test and drowned the lady. You know, it was it was an accidental drowning. Um, they were in, in the process to try to see if she was a witch or not. They they killed her anyway. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's awful. Yeah. I would think that would happen often with that test. That doesn't So I do know that Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I do know that there's a lady who lives pretty close to where I live. And her grandmother was, great-grandmother, was someone who was killed in the Salem Witch Trials. Could be a couple of greats, not sure. Anyway, she comes from a line of that. And um, she literally has a document from the government that says, we're really sorry that we um, killed your great-granny and uh, we pressed her to death. So really sorry about that. Oh, that is awful. Can the... you imagine? No. That's even worse. That's awful. So yeah. one of the the victims we'll we'll talk about here in a little while um, was pressed to death, and was he was pressed to death because well he w was tortured for days, wouldn't say anything, he refused to talk, uh, and eventually ended up getting pressed, and you know they they made one last you know cry to him saying hey you can save yourself just say you're a witch, and and he musters up the strength to to one last final you know shout, and he yells more wait. So, Ugh. you know, so, and it was slow, you know, there was, they would just put more rocks on, you know, yeah. one at a time and just horrendous way to die. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. That's crazy. That's, oh, yeah. and to have, but to have that letter is so cool. Document. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Uh, and the documentation from this whole process, 
obviously it's 300 years ago, so you know, filing wasn't really a big thing back then. Mm-hmm. So there's been a ton of work. Stephen Niesenbaum in the 70s led a, a huge effort to kind of capture and preserve everything. But they're cleaning out in Suffolk County Courthouse in 1996 in the basement. They're cleaning out a filing cabinet at random, and they come across five or six more court documents from the Salem witch trials. So Whoa. 1996, they're still finding you know, They've more been hidden and more. for a long time. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, somebody snagged them down there and was going to do something with them. So, but anyway, so are you all ready to, to move on to whiskey number two? Of course. All right. So this is going to be a first for me. So uh, I just opened my bottle tonight and I have not had this yet. So I'm pretty I stoked. have a feeling that you're really going to like this. Um, my husband and I actually, we were super excited about this when we first tried it. And there's a local distillery here. I briefly spoke to you before we started um, the show that um, he's going to start getting into whiskey. And so we took him some samples and we're like, if you're going to finish a whiskey, which is his plan, because he started with vodka and then he was moving to rum. So once his rum casks are finished, he's going to be putting rye whiskey into them. So... Therefore, we're like, if you can get anything close to Angel's Envy Rye, we will be dedicated customers for the rest of our lives. So anyway, apparently the bottle, um, it's not been aged yet, but he he has the whiskey all ready to go. He wants us to take a little sip before she goes in the into the barrel. So it's kind of exciting. That is awesome. Yeah. So you guys will get to like, now will you get to go back as it's aging and, and taste yes. it like as it gets older? That's badass. Yeah. That is so cool. cool. That is so cool. So we are diving into uh, the Angels Envy finished rye. So it's rye whiskey finished in Caribbean rum casks. Uh, Hits a little bit higher. So it's uh, 50 ABV or 100 proof. It's 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 one. So I'm a big fan of rye. I I like rye whiskeys. They they kind of make me happy. Mm -hmm. They're uh, just that that spicy kind of tingle on your tongue. It oh just, yeah, I just I like that stuff. So uh, about Since six Jen years did old. Such a, yeah, it is. Um, I was just gonna say we haven't put it in our in our glasses we're, yet. We're delayed. We're gonna do a cork. Pop. Oh yeah, go for it. Also, Jen, a great cork pop. We're gonna leave. Just gonna pull it on the angle. We're yeah. gonna leave it to you to always do the cork pops. I used to steal rye from my grandfather as a teenager, so that's where my rye addiction started. I think. <laughs> Again, I, I went hard into bourbons when I, I started my whiskey adventure, and that was kind of my wheelhouse. And I stayed there until probably about two years ago uh, at the encouragement of others saying, hey, just give this a try. Uh, and now I'm, I'm matched 50%, uh, 50-50 with, with bourbons and rye on the bar now. So it's uh, – Nice. Yeah, I really like it. I just had a, the local one, the Boston Harbor Distillery, went down and visited them last weekend, and their rye is – yeah, the Putnam rye is phenomenal. We got to pull some from a barrel. Oh, that nice. was so good. Oh, it was so good. I loved it. And it's uh, similar to this, the mash bill. I think it's uh, 95% rye, 5% malted barley, I believe. That's yeah. The, so the mash bill is about the same, but they use the, the local Correct. rye from here in Massachusetts. So uh, drink number nice. two. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers, friends. Cheers. Oh, my God. Almost tastes like eggnog for a second. Yeah. It's chewy. 
like the consistency and there is just that that rum sweetness is just punching you in the mouth on the finish that is incredible but it's not too much of a sweet caribbean rum no taste i find that the basil hayden's i don't know if you've had that one oh yeah the caribbean rye yeah i find that that one has way too much molasses and it's way too sweet it's almost sickly sweet whereas i find this one it's like it's like dessert but it's done right yeah just i would i would absolutely agree oh this is good mm-hmm. <laughs> this is really good mm-hmm. All right, so let's take a break from witches. Uh, I want to talk about y'all. So, talk to me about booze and bourbon. Where where right. did it come from? What was what were the origins? I know, but Jenna, I want, I'll I want let you start on this one. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to start this. So, I mean, I guess we kind of dappled in the bourbon like you did, but in more Kim had already started. She kind of brought me into it. And we would kind of steal samples from her husband's collection. Yeah. Um, and then also on top of that, when we worked together, we were both very obsessed with, like, ghost stories, being scared. We would watch, like, I think we spent many hours at work that we were getting paid for watching videos on YouTube <laughs> of, like, <laughs> hauntings and, like, ghost inve- investigating. That's true, yeah. So we used to always joke about, like, like we should have our own show. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we, like, did this too? And we, like, told our own stories and got local stories. So then fast forward, I think it was a conversation with her husband. And we kind of were, like, discussing it as well. And maybe he agreed with us. And then I threw out, like, witches and wine. Mm-hmm. And then we came to booze and bourbon. Like, we're like, what would we call ourselves? like witches and wine and they're like no we like bourbon better so maybe booze and bourbon yeah it was right before my birthday and i had gotten into some really like spooky paranormal podcasts and i was freaking myself out on my way home from work and we're talking like the timeline of jen and i working together to trying to create a podcast at least seven years yeah wow and uh yeah like it was a and when we would say yeah let's uh Let's tell our own stories. We talked about having our own ghost hunting TV show. I'm like, yeah, but we don't know anybody in film. We don't know how yeah. this all works. But I was like, Jen, I'm driving on, I'm driving home on my way home from work. And I'm getting legit freaked out where I don't even want to go into my house unless all the lights are on. So I said to Jen, I'm like, do you think that you'd want to do a podcast? Like, do you think that we could do this? And she's like, yeah, I think we could do a podcast. I'm like, okay, so if you're in, I'm going to go buy a microphone. She's like, I'm in. So like the very next day, got a microphone. We looked at doing um, our very first topic, I think, was New Orleans. Yeah. And so we recorded it. We put it on air. We got a few listens. I don't know. We probably like started it with like 200 or so downloads for like the first month or so every episode, which wasn't too bad, really. Right. But um, our Instagram was going wild. Yeah. So then um, Steve Akeley from ABV Network was just like, hey, we're looking to do some different kind of bourbon related shows. And you guys seem yeah. to know what's up with bourbon. Tapped right in there. And uh, so then we joined the ABV Network and we've been like the weird the weird relative ever since because they're mostly all bourbon but we're like the weird bourbon people yeah we love our bourbon we like to drink and then we like to get scared all at the same time and scare each other so yeah 
so do you guys drink when you go uh and, and we're going to talk about the the tv oh show God, a little bit later do you drink show. on the tv that show would make it so much easier for insurance purposes no, no. Oh. <laughs> I really wish we could because there's been some situations where I was like, man, if I was just slightly buzzed for this, then this wouldn't be so bad. Like, I would be so scared <laughs> right now. I'd probably be like, I don't know who's here, but like, it's cool. You can hang out for a minute. I'm just going to hang out here. Yeah. Put on your put on your big girl panties. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that kind of rolls into to my next question for you guys is how how do you fight the the fight or flight response? You when when you're when you're being filmed, you're like, I can't leave because there's a camera here. So I'm like, I don't want to look like the big wuss that runs out. So like, I just have to suck it up and sit here and hope that nothing happens really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time that I was left alone, it was in an attic and I had my flashlight and my flashlight was probably on the whole time. Because I was just like, what was that noise? And it was pouring rain and there's leaks in the roof and there's buckets everywhere. So I kept hearing the water drip into the buckets, but I'm like, oh, what's that? What's that? All the time. So I probably look like a huge idiot. <laughs> and then in her defense, like, so the other people that aren't actually in that current scene, we'll call it, are actually able to watch because there's monitor set up so that you can see what's going on in all the other rooms and i would always end up getting to watch kim and i'm like oh she's freaking out she's freaking out i can see her she's starting to lose it she's freaking out <laughs> i i watch some of these shows and uh putting yourself into a pitch black area that would be freaky in the daylight I, I, I got nothing. I, I can't, I couldn't do it. Like, like give me an airplane and a parachute and I'll do that 20 times in a day. Uh, sitting yeah. in a dark house at night, um, looking for, for supernatural stuff. No, y'all, <laughs> y'all are twice as brave as I'll ever be. That, yeah, that is, that's crazy. That's a bad one. Yeah. Well, actually the, the most recent episode that we filmed, spoiler alert, um, we, I got locked into a vault, which apparently had a very dark, uh, spirit in there people don't even know if it's human um i got locked in there by holly who's also on the show and she didn't tell me she was gonna do it she's just like yeah so i'm just gonna lock you in here in the vault and i'm like what she's like yeah you're gonna be fine for like five minutes and i'm like what no no and she's like you look like you're upset i'm putting this camera on you and i'm locking you in and i'm like oh my god what is going on and then i felt like i had to pass the torch so then it was jen's opportunity and i'm like jen i'm gonna leave you in here all by yourself bye (laughs) (laughs) but it almost would have to be that way it'd be like surprise because if you're like hey i'm gonna go put you in this dark room with ghosts uh you cool with that be like no no i'm not i'm not cool with that at all and see i like i like to be scared so i was always the one that was like i'll do it but then I had a situation when we were in another place. We'll say I don't want to spoil it either. But that was my first like actual really legit scary moment where I started to panic. And then I realized I was still on camera. So I'm like, I can't actually panic how I want to panic. Like I kind of want to run, but I can't. So I was like trying to talk myself to through it. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, there's a really large black shadow right here. And... Yeah, so nice talking to you. I'm just going to go, and I think you probably want to talk to somebody else, so I'm just going to go out here and, like, ran out of the room. And then, like, the next guy that was outside in the hallway, one of the um, 
I was going to say camera guy, not camera guy, one of our sound guys, it was his turn to go in. And I was like, yeah, it's all you. Just go right in. He's like, uh, whoever wants to talk to you, he's in there. He's ready. It's a tall, like, dark, I'm, and handsome I'm fella, dead. shadow creature in the yeah. corner. Yeah. Just, just a just, large, just go say like, hi. Yeah. tall shadow figure. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realize that any of this had happened because I was in a completely different area of the building. And then Jen looked terrified when I saw her the next time. And she's like, uh, yeah, so I know we have our own hotel rooms, but um, I need to sleep in your hotel room tonight. I'm like, hey, no problem. Yeah, totally did. I was like, I'm yeah. coming down the hallway. I'm not <laughs> sleeping by myself. Nope. And we're sleeping with the lights on, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have all the night lights, please. Do you have those here? We'll just sleep. we'll just leave the lights on. It's fine. Yeah, I, whenever I get freaked out, still as an adult, like this still happens, right? I'll I'll go and I'll take any uh, like hanging clothes that I can see. I'll like take mm -hmm. them off and down and away just so I don't wake up and yes. it looks like a you know something that I you know what I yeah. mean. Just to avoid that <laughs> that panic of you know of whatever. That's uh, I still do that today. Like it's that's that's not a oh anyway. It, I can totally relate because mm -hmm. we have a four-poster bed and my husband always puts towel on one of them. <laughs> but last night he decided to put a black hoodie on the one that's on my side of the bed. And I went to crawl in and I was like, holy crap, there's actually a legit gremlin at the bottom of my bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. It's a terrible <laughs> feeling. That would be fighting time. Like, yeah, it's, it's time. It's <laughs> We're going to do this. It's time to fight. Yep. Yeah. If My, you were up in the, that would look like a person. Yes, it's terrifying. It would look like a person at the end of the bed, yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, so uh, let's let's talk spectral evidence a little bit more. Um, in kind of the the conversation about uh, how this whole thing kind of gained momentum and how it was able to go from uh, you know a, a potential sickness to you know twenty five people dying in the span of six months, right? Uh, so we mentioned spectral evidence before, and uh, that is defined as uh, a form of evidence based on dreams and visions. It was witness testimony that a person's spirit or specter appeared to the witness in a dream or vision and afflicted them. It was allowed in English tradition, um, and this is this is some some interesting stuff. Uh, it was allowed prior to the witch trials. It was disallowed. Excuse me. Um, right before the witch trials kicked off, but the new charter that had come across to to the Salem area had not had a chance to write out their new laws, which disallowed it. So, so now it's even though it's it is disallowed, they hadn't had a chance to write the laws, and now this thing kicks off. So, wow. yeah. So the char So it says right here that uh, the charter of the colony had been temporarily suspended, uh, eighty four to ninety one, due to political and religious friction. The new charter in 91 from England uh, uh, showed up in, in May of 92. So this was already rolling along with the new governor uh, and the general court, but they hadn't had time to create any laws against it. So so now they're rolling off of, of prior laws that we – and this was kind of common at that time for things to change. And the message, obviously, because it has to come across the ocean, you know, to there's no – uh, easy communication at this time. So it's going to take some time. And unfortunately at that point, you know, the first wave, cause the, the, the witch trials kind of happened in two waves. So you see from the end of February to May of, of 92. And then, uh, there's a break as they set up this court, uh, of Oyer and Terminer. And then 
uh, it kicks off again in July, and there's two huge waves where the I think it's like 250 folks total end up getting you know tried for for witchcraft. So finally, so in 1692, October of that year, sorry, Governor Phillips kind of comes in and says, "All right, we're going to get rid of this court. We're going to chill everything out for a little bit and kind of see where everything is at." Stops all the stuff, gets in front of the Mathers, tells them to chill out and relax. And once they start looking at everything, they are finding these trends where malice and mischief killed more of these suspected witches, witches than anything else, where people were coming out and saying, no, no, I just didn't like them. One of the cases specifically, right? So uh, Sarah, excuse me, Lynn Sarah Cole accused her sister-in-law uh, after they had some sort of spat. Well, then <laughs> her husband and her brother-in-law turn around and go, well, that's bullshit. And they, they file a complaint against her. Uh, and then they end up, you know, taking her in as well. No evidence, just them saying she's a witch. And so now it becomes a tool used, you know, just to get back at your neighbor or your whatever. Uh, and Which is a strong tool because, yeah. I mean, gossip is one thing. But actually, you know, saying that somebody's a witch and you know that they're going to go to trial and probably die. Yeah. That's that's strong. Yeah, and the fact that they weren't looking into that though. So there were there were some blinders somewhere. And that's the one thing I haven't been able to really kind of figure out is what what was allowing because just as a basic human thing, you know, somebody's like, Hey, this person is this. Um okay, really? You're gonna have that question. Mm -hmm. This person's spirit flew across the room and and you know, inflicted me in a dream. I feel like a normal, like, you know what I mean? Like a reasonable human being would be like, okay, well, don't eat bad meat before you go to bed tomorrow. You know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, So in in the cases of this blew me away and led me to kind of feel and and surmise. And and I want to talk about this in a little bit that there was no witchcraft. There was no haunting. There was no, um, this, this was some bullshit uh, for lack of a, of a, you know, a better term. And I, I think the spiritual activity that sits in that area now is a byproduct of of the bullshit. Yeah. It wasn't haunted until they made it haunted. Or, well, it, was, yes. or it wasn't evil until they made it evil. Is, is mm-hmm. that a better way to, to Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably more haunted because so many people died um, that it wasn't it wasn't For fair. No it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think too, like when you, when you and I, when we all first started talking about this whole conversation, um, energy, residual energy, like yeah. there's, there'd be a lot of, like you said, fear. And I think that, yeah, it, fear. It, and like, I'm super pissed off if I just get killed for some bullshit that some girl said about me that didn't like me. Like, <laughs> yeah, she just said I was a witch. So you guys killed me. And now I'm like pissed. So now I'm I am going to haunt stick your around ass here and haunt every <laughs> single person that comes in this vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, makes sense um and when you go to these these museums and these these places the the one thing that i i noticed that they they talk about the injustice that's kind of like the bottom line up front in all of them and then they tell the story the prison the the dungeon museum uh was by far the heaviest and when we you look at the the things that these these poor folks endured during their interrogations it was torture it was absolute torture how they were they were poked and prodded um and and just 
terrible things that would traumatize a human forever. And and the confessions roll in like crazy. And uh, the confessions are, are total nonsense because anybody that is chained to a wall in a, a flooded basement dungeon, uh, sick, malnourished, and getting abused daily is, man, I'm going to tell anybody what they want to hear just just right. to make mm-hmm. it stop. Um, and then there's the people that died in, in in those conditions waiting for the trials that that was, you know, was so much worse. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was the, the governor we mentioned earlier. He kind of came in when he took over and and th- when he called that, that time out on everything. And one of the condi- things he did is went down to the dungeons and saw how these poor these poor people were being held. And he's like, this is this is too much. Uh, and then starts cutting starts cutting folks loose. And so it all comes to like a fizzle in November of, of 92. But by that time, we have 24 people executed, uh, all of which, uh, excuse me, uh, 19, 12, oh, Jesus, here we go, 20 people executed, um, 19 by hanging, one by pressing. Uh, the, the rest of the folks died in prison, in captivity due to the conditions and whatnot. So there is the hill that the, the people got, uh, that were hung on is still there. They say it's the tree. Now, I, I've seen a lot of really old trees. That doesn't look like a 300-year-old tree to me, but I guess it could be. Um, so I think that's a little bit more a little bit more for show than for actual whatever. But the, the hillside itself is still there. And that, that was one of the places that was probably the heaviest. So when you guys go to, to these, these places and you do these investigations, unjust death does... Does that feel the old jail? Does that mm. feel different? Mm. Yeah, we actually we went to a location that um, we don't know if it was an unjust death, but it kind of pointed to that. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of evidence about this, why this one girl had died. But this one guy who was apparently dating her was the one who um he died because of it. Um, he was held in jail. And then during his whole time in jail, he was hearing the gallows being built around him. And it was a super small jail. And um, I'm not, I don't know if you know about some of the ghost equipment that we use, but we use a device called a REM pod. And it's sort of a cylindrical device. It has some lights on the top and it has an antenna on it as well. And um, it, Whenever it detects electromagnetic fields, it will go off. But it's hard to get that thing to go yeah. off. Like, if you've got a cell phone and your cell phone's on and you put it in close proximity, it'll probably go off. If you have a walkie-talkie and it's in close proximity, mm-hmm. it'll probably go off. So we know that we can't have that stuff going on around it. So if you have it just sitting in a room, you don't have a cell phone, you don't have a walkie-talkie, and you try to make it go off, it probably won't go off. But I went into um, an old jail cell that was reportedly this man's jail cell. And um, when I would ask questions about, like, was it really you? And were you actually getting heckled because of, you know, people saying that it was you the whole time? And, you know, did that really disrupt you? Did that really bother you? Literally every single question I would ask, the whole thing would light up and beep. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I started to feel like this really crazy sadness come over me because I'm like, maybe this guy really didn't deserve to die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really weird feeling. It's it's 
an overwhelming sadness that you feel because it's just totally not fair. Yeah. And very much so. I, I couldn't tell whether I was I was upset at seeing the you know the the bullshit that that whole thing was, and you know whether it was my my overbearing sense of empathy or or there was that energy there you know and i'm not i'm not real sensitive to that because i i am a skeptic uh, spiritual stuff you know it, growing up in the church you know heaven hell uh evil energy you know demonic kind of stuff like makes more sense to me than than souls in place um if you know if if you're kind of following along but it was weird i i i was sad uh and then i got mm. kind of angry um, at looking at how so much was just simply ignored. Mm-hmm. So much was just simply, uh, even after the fact where people, you know, um, the one, uh, oh, what was her name? Anna, Anna Powell, I think, who kicked the whole thing off, came on record later, you know, f- a couple years later and said, yeah, no, I, I made up the whole thing. That's awful. Yeah. But she didn't go to jail. Well, she, she should have. Well, yes. I mean, or got pressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it was uh, one of those things where I just kind of came away with, uh, w- with just the the feeling that there was there was more to it. You know, there was there was more to that place than just you know the the little stone path, and they've got the, these placards with with the names on them that kind of sit impressed in this this like half crescent wall. I, was that done? Because I know that was done recently. Was that there when you went, Kim? I don't remember seeing that. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, and then there's the two big trees up like just above on the hill, the one that kind of goes off to the side there. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was weird. It, it was just super weird. I kind of came away from that. Just, just feeling just, just kind of, kind of funky. Um, one of the, the super cool things though, if you go to the Salem witch museum, uh, just off of the, the main strip there, the last part of the tour kind of takes you into like the history of witches and not just uh, America centric, but where, where witches came from, where the whole story kind of comes from and, and their evolution from, uh, you know, Europe in, you know, the 15, 1600s to Hollywood today, you know, the evil witch of the West rolling around on her broom with her pointy hat and stuff. And, and they kind of take you through that evolution and how that happened, which I was fantastic. But at the end, they have you stand in front of this giant wall, and this giant wall talks about the fear trigger and the response. And it lists uh, multiple things throughout history that have there was a fear, there was a trigger, and the response was this. And it lists them all. And I don't want to give it away because it, it was really kind of powerful and very moving. But, you know, the, the witch trials, the, the fear was, you know, sorcery, witchcraft, whatever. The trigger was these girls being sick. The response was 24 people end up losing their lives um, basically out of fear and and the inability to to see past the fear and, and stop that. So it was it, it's really kind of kind of incredible. And that set the tone for the day as we kind of went forward and, and moving on from there. So some some influence, no doubt. What brought or what brings, uh, in your opinion, the energy? What so it, it doesn't exist? What brings on? Now we I know we've talked about injustice and all that other stuff, but um, people could it could <laughs> could those heavy things be sourced for lack of a better term? You know what I mean? Like they're brought in on the backs of people. And and in your last episode or, or one of your recent episodes, you talked about the the one guy who kind of shut off 
the encounter with the ghost said, Hey, like you're not allowed to do this when I'm at home or something. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and and you guys had mentioned, you know, so that, (laughs) you know, so if, if these people kind of seeking this, this Mecca of their, their belief, is that energy source? Does that energy not even really have anything to do with what happened there potentially? Yeah, I think so. Because I think that there's a lot of people who have belief in like Satanism Mm -hmm. would go to Salem and try to stir up stuff. Potentially, like we all know that witchcraft and people who were pagans have nothing to do with Satanism. Um, So I I feel like people can bring that stuff on. Um, I also feel like Salem's the first people, the first place that people would go to, uh, maybe buy a Ouija board or get like dark candles right. or, you know, really start experimenting perhaps in some darker religions and mm-hmm. not really be 100% educated in the fact. Right. And there's probably a lot of people there that just kind of put it on for tourism and they're like, oh yeah. And they create this whole dark energy within themselves and it just manifests and it's all icky and nasty and it shouldn't be. I would agree. Like, I feel like a lot of times it is, you could have those people like Kim said that are completely uneducated and they just go like with these high hopes of something happening and they just create, they focus on it so much and like, maybe like I'm big on manifestation of like things that you want and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I feel like people could really put a lot of effort into that and really manifest up some negative energy that Mm -hmm. probably wasn't even there to begin with, but now it is because you just brought that all in there. So, so last question along this line here, because, uh, so I'm, let's say I'm a, I'm just a, a person, right. And I go and I'm kind of intrigued by the, the numerous storefronts that are are in Salem now that have all of these uh, potential, you know, things, my lack of education, I grab, you know, uh, a, a thing of salt, two rocks and a wand uh, and a book on how to do something. Right. And I'm sorry. I, I don't mean that to be like offensive to you. No, like, I think I, that was I, actually I, yeah, good. That was very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I go and I do this thing, um, uh, you know, uneducated. I'm sorry. Some sort of ritual yeah. to like yeah. do wealth or power. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, you know, here's me, uh, you know, junior seance guy who just fucks the whole thing up. But um, did I? Is the potential there for me to actually start something really bad? Is that a thing that happens? It depends on who, like, maybe right. quote unquote blessed that wand and the salt and all that kind of stuff. Maybe. Maybe they worship a different lord than you do. And they're like, ah, I'm going to gather all my minions. So, yeah, this is going to bring you wealth and power. Go have fun with it. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, I feel like there's this crazy attachment to me and I have no idea why. And then there could be the opposite end, which is like they're just making money off this shit. And they're like promoting all these wands that like they just some lady made out back that like she has zero interest in that and like it has nothing to do with it and they're just selling and making lots of money off of it and people are like really thinking that it's got some sort of connection but it really has nothing to do with it there's a there's there's a wand store like that that's a thing there uh and i went into it just because you know curiosity is a thing for me and 
Uh, so I go in and I just start touching everything because again, that's what I'm like. I'm the guy that gets yelled at at museums. Like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, Oh, it's so cool <laughs> though. You know? So I just start like picking up and there, there are numerous people, um, that are looking at me just touching everything and they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then one, finally, one of the, one of the ladies that worked there came up and she's like, can I help you? And I'm like, Oh no, I'm just kind of hanging out. She's like, can you do me a favor and not touch those? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> well, I think like the wand is supposed to like be drawn to you. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's almost like when you pick out crystals or like okay. your stones, like mm -hmm. you are supposed to like the wand chooses you. So if you went and fondled all the wands, like you could have taken <laughs> away from somebody else. <laughs> Is basically what that lady was probably saying. Oh my god! I just, that I just fucked up like twenty-seven people. witches. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Don't be so greedy. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but at the same time, you could go in your backyard and like pick up some stick and just chisel it into like a nice, really wand. Yeah. Spit will, on I'm... it, call it a day, and be like this. Is it. <laughs> this is a magical wand that I'm using. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't right. know why I said spit on it, but I just feel like that like <laughs> just to put your DNA on there. It's like this is mine. This is my watch. There are many like it, but this one is mine. I licked it. It's mine now. I, like I bet that... if you did that in the store. Like, well, uh, okay, sir. Yeah. Well, COVID brings a whole nother, you know, realm to this whole thing. So it, it may have been nothing more than, you know, they just didn't want my COVID hands touching it. But like, I like I was like, oh, my God. Not only did he touch them all, but he spit on that one. Yeah. Like, he has to take that with him. He sneezed. Like, Burn my him. sorry little sick brain just went like so sideways. I know. I, I thought about it after. I was like, well, that was wrong. <laughs> But I did actually read that the wand chooses you, and like you have to like have this like connection with it. So oh. spitting might have not have been the answer, but yeah. But it <laughs> was my DNA on it. It's mine. <laughs> it was the best one. I'm. It's... I feel like that's that, there's gonna be a Y whiskey quote that comes but out. Like, okay, so I just have to say it because like in high school, like you always have those groups of mean girls, and I'm like, if this happened back in that day, like you would have killed so many people. Like you're like, I fucking hate that girl, and like yeah. she's a witch, and like then she would just die, and like that's what happened to so many people. Like I don't like her, so I'm gonna say she was a witch, and then everybody just believes you. It's like yeah, actually happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then being a witch would become trendy. So now everybody has to be a witch because you're not cool. If you go to jail, you know, you got to go to jail. Right. Yeah. You don't have edge. Wait, I can make that person levitate. So now I'm super cool. So. <laughs> right on. All right. So I have a couple more questions for you guys in regards sure. to ghost hunting. Right. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up and call it an evening. Haunted season five. Mm -hmm. What's it like doing a TV show? And do you like that? And... What did you learn? I'm like, well, that I'm not as strong as I thought I was. <laughs> um... She handed off the big mean ghost to the sound guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I was really good at it and was really strong and I'm not. Um, I think we like, we were super pumped and then we got put in positions that we weren't used to and we're like, oh God, like this is actually kind of freaky like this is kind of scary like you get stuck in situations where you're like i am by myself but like there's people watching me so i can't completely freak out but i want to because you get that weird feeling and 
there's a lot of those like hairs on your neck standing up feelings pressure on your head on your chest like I think we both had situations where we like felt like somebody was like standing over us and it was just there was a lot of weirdness yeah, it was it was uh, it was a super cool experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually were allowed to say we're going to be on season six. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty cool. We we did a good enough job. We did. We made it enough. through. Yeah. Exactly. Um. It's really cool being a part of a TV show. The weird thing is though, like, we felt like we were mildly prepared because of you know editing and researching and creating a storyline from everything that we do on the podcast but then when you get out there you're like wow I realize that I have no control whatsoever on how somebody wants to edit this Mm -hmm. on how like that camera angle may be really really terrible so there's a part of me that's like very scared to see what we look like in season five but I think I'll get over it I, I, it's just something that I'm going to have to let go. At least that... it's not like the Blair Witch movie when like the camera's like below your chin and all you can like see up the girl's nose while she's panicking. Like at least it's not that angle, but like yeah. the angle's not probably great for some. True. <laughs> so, so we just, we had to be more aware of like our surroundings and that cameras are not something we were used to, but mm-hmm. it, we became adjusted to it. Did the awareness of the camera have any impact on your ability to like connect to the spiritual stuff around you? Uh, I think the first, the first location did. Cause we were like, wow, that's a really bright light. You got on that camera. Like, <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Like try not to squint while you're talking about what just happened. Yeah. But we also have like 10 CCTV cameras um, and some night vision cameras too. So they're always kind of on. Um, so you kind of forget they're there. It's mm-hmm. just when like the big camera comes in and we start talking about the situation is when it became very scary. I think right. we kind of froze and we're like, <gasps> and in some situations, as weird as it sounds, I'd almost feel comforted when I came in a room and saw the CCTV camera. Like, cause I'm like, yeah, okay. They can see me on the monitor. So if something happens, they can see me. Yeah. May, may, really might not have helped at that point, but like, that was kind of like my, comfort but yeah your safety blanket yeah yeah give me, exactly. give, me give me my blankie <laughs> yeah right on do you do you think you will uh make the shift if able like if the opportunity uh, poses itself uh to full-time ghost hunting and and move away from podcasting or is podcasting just something that's just going to be forever a, a a jen and kim thing I mean, I think like we love our podcasting, <laughs> we but do. we also like discussed our dream of like we just went on TV. It's really ghosts. fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I mean, throw us in a horror movie. Yeah, I just don't want to die first, but like, I'd love to be in a horror movie. So she would. Don't yeah. run up the stairs, God, please. Just whatever you do, don't, don't run. run... Don't go back inside. Mm. Like, just go the opposite direction. God bless. That's what you do. So all of the pieces of tech that you guys get to use on scene, what's your favorite one? You go first. Uh, I do like the REM pod that she already mentioned because uh, it's the one that like, you know, something had to be there to make it light up basically because we can test it all the ways that she said, like you could walk by it with your phone or you could have like a walkie talkie close to it and it will beep. Um, so if you're not standing close to it and there's nobody else in that room and you're by yourself and it starts to go off, like 
you're pretty freaked out because you know it's not you and it's not anything else in that room. So mm-hmm. I do like that one, but Boo Buddy was like something I wish I had at home. He's a stuffed bear that asks questions on his own and gets answers that you can't hear and also can tell you if something's touching him. It's like the creepiest little bear voice I've ever heard. It's like, hi, I'm Boo Buddy. Yeah. Are you touching my hand? Yeah, that. It oh, sounds like oh, that. Oh, hell no. It's a stuffed <laughs> bear. Oh, hell no. From Satan. <laughs> and it talks to the spirits. Um, Super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No, the first no. thing that, yeah, the first time that goes off, <laughs> the bear's going out the window and I'm going home. <laughs> it was crazy because we would hear it in the distance and we're like, what is that noise? And we're like, oh, it's just Boo Buddy. He's doing his thing. It's weird. Yeah. I would have to say my favorite piece of equipment is the ghost box or the, the spirit box. Um, so basically, it's a small device that sweeps radio stations. So it sweeps between stations like 250 times per minute so it's always just white noise it's this sound so you'll ask questions and if you hear a series of words come together then it could be a spirit Mm -hmm. what really gets me and jen and i tried out the theory a couple of times um is if you put on so say it was jen and i in this segment I'd put on some headphones. Jen would have the spirit box. The headphones are noise canceling headphones. I can't hear anything. I put a blindfold on. Can't see anything. Literally all I'm hearing is the Jen starts asking questions. So she'll be like, hey, if there's somebody really here with me, you know, what color is Kim's shirt? And me in this like sound deprivation, like I would go red. And I and she kind of look at me and she'd be like, holy shit, she's wearing a red shirt like this is really freaky. Mm-hmm. So we it's called the Estes method. So we tried it a couple of times and some answers that we got. I like I walked over to Jen. She was in the sound deprivation situation and I walked over to her and I just put my hand on her shoulder. I was like, we need to stop. Yeah, this is getting really freaky. That was really effed up. Yeah, we had a couple situations where we both started to panic, and we're like, "Okay, I think we're done. Can we be done? We just want to turn it off now." So that kind of rolls right into uh, the the last question I have. So we we talked about the whole like attachment thing and shutting down spirits and all that stuff. Um, Do you ever feel, you know, have you experienced uh, anything that has followed you home? Do you? Is that been a thing that you guys there's have experienced? A lot of, oh, we're screwed. There's like, we no. didn't like let's talk. Ah, there's wood. a lot of wood right here. We we're didn't sage win. shit. We didn't say any prayers. We probably get all kinds of guests here with us right now. I was just gonna show Jen. See all that? That's all like my sage and my incense oh, okay, to try good. to cleanse myself after yeah. we get back. Yeah, I'm terrified of that happening. Don't want it to happen at all. I already kind of have a haunted house as it is, so like I can't take any more. Like I already got. <laughs> Robert and Sharon living with me and I still get their mail and it's it's a lot so <laughs> just put up a no vacancy sign as a, yeah, like, yeah. there's no more room here like my mm. roommate's pissed the dog gets annoyed it's just it's a lot Jesus Christ quit bringing the ghost home from work Jen exactly <laughs> <laughs> right on all right, so uh, we're gonna wrap up tonight we have been talking about uh, the supernatural 
Jen and Kim, their adventures, the Salem Witch Trials a little bit and, and what happened there. I would encourage anybody uh, that's listening to kind of go and do some homework on your own and see what you find because the interpretation of, of the evidence and how personal feelings kind of play a role into that is, is really great. And I would love to hear somebody else's perspective on it. maybe you catch something that I missed. Maybe you you get something that I didn't and, and you can kind of add to my education. But coming away from this, I do not feel as though the energy that I felt that day was old. It felt uh, manifest like uh, like manufactured is the word I want to I want to use you know the the witches weren't the issue there was some fear that was happening uh, some uncertainty and then a lack of control brought upon you know all of this this stuff so and and we see cases of that throughout history fear has played a huge role in a lot of very bad decisions throughout the history of of humankind and it still does you know we we still make really stupid decisions because we're scared and then it has a, a lot of long-lasting impacts even maybe into the next life as as we've kind of talked about uh this evening so that will uh, that will do it for us ladies thank you so much for coming i had an absolute blast oh great thank you, you too yeah <laughs> thank you so much for having us i'm so glad we made it through the very beginning when your uh, song was playing because i thought i was going to lose I thought I was going to lose it all because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. So thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> Thank you. There was a dance happening for those of you at home that, that, yeah. You know, oh, that, that it was, was intense. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. see it. Yeah. It I had to, like... I had to mute my mic because I started laughing. I was like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> it's like when you were in class and you were a child and you weren't allowed to laugh and you knew that you had to be quiet. It just made everything so much more funny. Yes. That's what just happened. <laughs> that moment. <laughs> Right on. So uh, Jen and Kim, they run the Booze and Bourbon podcast hosted by the ABV Network. You can find them on any major podcast platform that you listen to. Go check them out. They are an absolute joy. Uh, I enjoy spending uh, much time with y'all listening to you guys share stories and, mm-hmm. and kind of giggle with each other. It's, it's super fun. Check them out on Haunted Season 5 and now Season 6. Yes. yes, we'll we'll start filming for season six in a bit. Awesome. So, um, so now I I struggled with finding the episodes. So, can you give me a a shortcut to where we can actually watch y'all go and experience this well, stuff? They're not out yet, right? They're not out yet. Yeah. They're gonna start coming out in November. So when they do, I'll send the link your way, and you can uh, do what you need to with that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Constructive so criticism. That's what we want. <laughs> oh, I'm in it for entertainment only. Like, yeah, no, because I'll just okay. be like, yeah, no, I no, I yeah, I'd be like, yeah, couldn't do that. I'd be gone. Nope, that's just scary as fuck. I'm out. So <laughs> anyway, y'all are awesome. Thanks, uh, friends. Thank you. I wish you the best. Be good to one another. Cheers. hope you enjoyed today's episode and as always if you have any comments questions or would like to join me at the bar questionable life choices for an episode hit me up on email at whiskeyhistory at gmail.com cheers <laughs>